BlackBond Church Management is the only church software backed by the world's leading cloud software company powering social good. This enterprise-level solution goes beyond just managing your church. It seamlessly connects your church to your ministry all in one platform. BlackBond Church Management connects your staff and congregation, ensuring deeper relationships and effective ministry. To see more, visit hello.blackbaud.com backslash blackbaudchurchmanagement. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Group Answers Podcast. We are coming to you live. I am Brian Daniel with Chris Surratt. I know it's not live, Chris, but I love saying it. But I was listening to the playback uh, last week, and it says live recording on there. Have you noticed? I haven't noticed, no. It does reference live. Someday we're going to fulfill your dream of actually going live. I don't think we're fooling anyone. If we could get, <laughs> if we get, could get a radio station to let us, you know be on the air we could do a live show serious 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 the only problem with that is you know you tend to curse a little bit during the shows i have to i have to edit those out at the end so you'd have to watch your language so if it's not a live show is it a dead show why Mm. it's not it was not that was uncalled for for you to share with everyone that from time to time i do draw from what a friend of mine used to call the language of the heart. <laughs> that is disappointing. I have an image. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was completely kidding, Brian does not. But we do have to occasionally edit out the, the, the cough or, you know, something like that. So, yeah, it does. But it, it's mostly live. All right. So we are on the eve of Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know. We're recording this not on Thanksgiving. It probably is no secret to anyone that we do not always record, never record live. So it is a download. (laughs) So, Chris, what are you guys what are you guys planning to do? I'm so excited about this Thanksgiving. I am going to this will be the first time I've done this. I'm going to smoke some turkey breasts. Usually, you know, we do the, the typical turkey in the oven kind of a deal. But Got a smoker last year for Christmas, and I am going to attempt to smoke some turkey breasts. What kind is it? The smoker? It's a little bullet. Um, I don't even know the brand. It's you know, it's cheap. Um, we live. I think I've talked about this, but we live basically in downtown Nashville, yeah. so I can't have large grilling things or smoking things. So I have to bring it in and out of my garage. So it's a little bullet, and that's one of the reasons why I can't smoke an entire turkey. Because it would not fit in my little bullet smoker. So we're going to do yeah. turkey breasts, and I'm praying it turns out. We'll see. Have you looked at the instructions already to see how long that's going to take? I'm kind of interested in that. You know, I haven't. It's Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I probably should do that. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> but it's, but not. it's not. No, but I'm hoping I can get it done within, you know, six or seven hours. Well, we always fry hours, and uh, I, I not jokingly say that I only need a 20-pound a, a, a turkey, 50 dollars worth of peanut oil 
and a fire extinguisher, and I'm ready to go. You're going to blow up your neighborhood one day. I will not because I do it in the driveway. I've got a journal, so I've got all my notes from like 13 years. I, I am mistake-proof. I just follow it. Uh, I write to my, my future self every year, you know, don't do this. And it works. Yeah, you journal your your turkeys, right? I journal. I journal everything. Yeah, that's, I'm that, a I'm a journaler. That's a smart. It's my to do. one OCD. Actually, it's not. There are others. I saw a video yesterday of a guy who had gophers, and so he decided the best way to get rid of them was to dump gasoline into the holes and then light light those holes on fire. I think he had seen Caddyshack or something. That'll do something. So he he's doing that, and it's like a surveillance. You know, the neighbors. Um, camera or whatever so you're kind of looking above and so he's lighting these matches and he's throwing them at the hole and he's you know running away he did like three or four of them well he finally gets one to work and it blew up his backyard yeah yeah and it literally just sent grass everywhere. go figure yep. yeah that's gonna be you someday no it will not because i i have a uh, documentation so <laughs> but we digress we would like to introduce today's special guest uh the honorable the esteemed Dwayne mccrary and i do Doctor. say that with oh. Dr. Dwayne McCrary, and yes. I say that with uh, every bit of respect. Uh, Dwayne is the editor in chief of Explore the Bible, and uh, how many how many people use that every week? Uh, a little over one point one million. One point one million people. Wow. So you they, are influencing a lot of people. Yeah, and it's it's. I use it in the class I teach as well. So. Uh, it gives me a different perspective at that point. I I think more of it about what I'm doing as opposed to everybody out there doing See, it. You're not just the president of the company. You're also a customer. That's right. Yeah. I am in that sense. That's good. And Dwayne comes with us with not a little experience either. How long have you been doing uh, in this specific role? 11 years now. Been in this role 11 years before that, you know, we go way back and steeped in in tradition with uh, in church education and and formal and and otherwise. So great to be uh, great to have you with us again. I think this is maybe the third time, maybe the second time. Yeah, yeah. He skipped, I think, the best part of his bio. He didn't. Texas. He, he hails from the great state uh, of Texas. Of course, right. I didn't. That was not an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Brian tends to. If you're not from Kentucky, he doesn't so care. True. He it's just so skips true. right over it. But it's so true. I, I'm married to a native Texan, and I, I love Texas. So thanks, thanks for being from Texas. You bet. Me. I'll do what I can to represent us well. Yeah. So part two of a two part series, Chris. We are looking yep. at the spiritual practices of group. Yep. Group leadership. Yep. And today we're going to be talking about studying the Bible with your group. Yeah. Last week with Ken Brady, we talked about prayer in your group, which is an essential part of the group. But also, uh, you know, studying your Bible obviously is important when it comes to a group, whether you are on campus, off campus, you call it Sunday school, you call it small groups, whatever you call it, you know, uh, uh, you need to be studying the Bible and encouraging people in your group to study the Bible. Because I think, Dwayne, sometimes we think of just the Bible study as yeah, a part group of experience. The, the group experience, but it needs to go beyond that, right? That's correct. In fact, that one of the things that, that uh, I do with my group is I deliver uh, the Bible study resources to them every quarter. Uh, that way I know even those who, who rarely come, there's one couple who have, haven't been in the group and I don't know when, um, they still get a copy of the of the, the the leader guy, or the, excuse me, the personal study guide, so that they know where we are. Uh, I'm still responsible for them 
to grow in their life to provide some kind of tool, they can't blame me for not knowing what to study or how to study because I've given them a resource that helps them do that, shown them how to use it. Uh, They know it's coming. It it gives me a a reason, too, to go see the folks on my list four times a year, um, which is good for me to see what's going on in their neighborhood, what's going on in their house. You can tell a lot about somebody just by looking at what they have on their porch, and it makes me a better teacher because then I can understand uh, their their life a little bit better. So you physically deliver the resources to them? Yes, I oh, do. Oh, wow. In fact, since this is right before Thanksgiving, I'm delivering the December, January, February resources right now. This is this is the hardest one to deliver because you got so much stuff going on. You're usually out of town the week before because of Thanksgiving. So uh, this is the one that's hardest to do. But it's also the one that I'm usually, uh, I usually find the most open doors for hmm. because folks are or 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 are they in the mood for yeah opening their doors That's it's good. it's op- you know it's christmas time it's that open door kind of time yeah so i think we can frame this in two different ways and we'll go with this first one because not everyone comes every single week and do you see Dwayne, that people are coming less and less because we've seen overall statistics that a regular church attender is now two times a month right so are you seeing that when it comes to groups as well it depends on the on that person and where their family's from. Interesting. Um, and if their family's close by, especially the group I teach are 50-year-olds. What defines my group is everybody has a, has a, has a kid in college, um, at least one. It may be their third or fourth one, but they're still in college. Um, so wherever their, their family is will dictate how much they're away. If their parents live in What's that state north of here that you just mentioned? Starts with a K. It's Kentucky. Okay, Kansas. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is not north. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It was the only other K that came to my yeah. head. Um, if they live there and they live, let's say they live in Louisville, they're they're going to spend time with them. They may, their parents may not be in as good health, uh, so they're going to be away more than the person whose family lives here, uh, because that uh, just the nature of it. One of the things my group does, we don't do Christmas parties because that's when our kids are home. We do Thanksgiving parties and stuff like that because our kids aren't here yet, and we'll do a, we'll do something uh, a little bit uh, different in January. We'll do a big blowout in January because now our kids are gone; they're back at home. I mean, they're back at school, so then that kind of frees us up and gets them. I hate to say it this way, gets them out of the way, and now we can be people again. We don't feel like we have to spend our time with our kids during that time and invest in them during the time they're here. So, because of that, our class is structured a little bit different. Okay. So you said one of the ways that you do is you actually deliver the resources to them. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that you do to help those members who aren't there every week? Well, I send out a text message every Saturday. There's a text message. Tomorrow we're going to look at this passage. I don't ever say to them, hey, we missed you last week. They know they weren't there. I can't change whether they were there or not. But what I can do is impact what happens tomorrow. So I'll send out a text message to everybody on my group. I have all their phone numbers except for one, all their cell phone numbers except for one. And uh, he doesn't give me his number. He's off the grid. Yeah, he's off the grid. Uh, so I'll send it to them. It just has a simple statement. Here's what we're going to be studying. Here's the passage, and here's one key idea of what we're going to be looking at. That's all I'm telling them. They know that way that we're going to be looking at whatever passage it is the next day. And it gives them a way to just, for those who are going to be there, to get ready. For those who haven't been there, it helps them catch up where they are, where we are as a group. So, uh, it, what's funny is the the people who come every week, uh, they still get those messages as well, 
And there have been some times where I've just forgotten or I've been busy and didn't send it. Uh, I'll have folks who will say to me, hey, you didn't send that message. And they'll send me a message saying you didn't send the message. And it's usually somebody who's not a regular attender. Hmm. You would think the opposite. You would think the folks who were there who would note it uh, there every week would notice that you didn't send the message. But it's the ones who aren't there that's saying you didn't send me the message, which I don't know what that says or means. I just know that's the experience. Hmm. I think it's cool that he he takes the opportunity to contribute to even at a, a minimal level, admittedly, a discipleship with that message. I think the temptation is to Dwayne, just like you said, we, we missed you, and that's not to guilt trip anyone. It's, it's truly just to let them know that they yeah. were missed, but to just say, let's let this go. That was last week. Let's think about what God is trying, what God is doing here, or what our role in what God is doing here is, and let's approach it that way with this communication and take the moment, even if it's just a reference to the scripture and the topic, as a reminder to hey, there's there's a spiritual reality to life that we are all a part of, whether we whether we practice or not. Yeah, and and. And to let them know that there is an expectation that you are studying the Bible as a part of this group, whether you're in in this room or not, uh, you still have a responsibility. As leaders, we still have a responsibility to help them know there are expectations for studying the, the Scripture. And, and to be matter-of-fact about it. Yeah. And it yeah. sounds like you're treating them just like a regular attender. So yes. You're, so you're not pointing them out as, oh, you missed— or you miss a lot, so you need to know this information. You're just treating them like anybody else. Everybody's getting the same message everybody else is. Yeah. And the other part of that, too, is uh, you, you think about how somebody somebody comes, all of a sudden they hadn't been there. Oh, the, you know, folks will start saying, oh, the sky's falling, on, falling in. What's going on? What's happening in your life? We're not going to do that. Um, we're just going to welcome them. Here's where we are. I'm going to on the, on the board, marker board in, in the classroom I teach in, it always has a question when they walk in so that they can, you know, we can get them moving forward because we'll talk about everything else if we don't. And then there's the Bible text on one corner and the page number in the resource that's in their hand. So no matter what, everybody can know. here. It's, it's this reference in the Bible or it's on this page in our book. Everybody can find it. It's not, I'm not targeting anybody. It's so everybody knows. And we've got... A pretty new resource, I think it was introduced with last year, that helps people kind of on a daily basis study the Bible. Talk about that for just a the second. The Daily Discipleship yeah. Guide is what you're talking about. We've yeah. been, uh, Explore the Bible's had it now for two years. In fact, that's what I use in my group is, is that approach. And it's designed with the idea and the assumption that no one studied before they've come. And I know that's, un, that's unusual for most groups. Because most groups, I'm sure, everybody studied before they come into the Bible study group. Sure of it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but instead, the design is that the group time is, is there to introduce a concept, introduce a passage, and then there's things to do afterwards, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, that are built on what you did in the group time. Uh, you could consider it or think of it in these terms. Um, you have a skeleton, and so you're, you're giving them the skeleton on that Sunday because um, our group meets on Sunday. You're giving them that skeleton, and on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they're adding meat, uh, they're adding ligaments, and all those kind of things to that skeleton. So by the end of the week, they've got a full picture. They've had time to reflect on it, which is very important in adult learning. That's something that we don't allow a lot of time for, is for adults to reflect on what they're learning and how that speaks into their experiences, how they 
that can help them reinterpret experiences that they've already had and give them deeper understanding so that then they can move forward in their spiritual life and their personal development as well. Both, both of those things ought to be seen as the same thing. Some people view personal development and spiritual development as two different things. You, you, I don't think you can separate those two things. And so that resource has really helped us do that. Now, does everybody do it? No, but a lot of them do. Uh, for me as a leader, what the design behind that is, is that I do the day one, two, three, four, five, the week before, and they do it the week after, if you do it that way. So that means my devotion each day. So I spend about 15 minutes each morning, and I'm looking at each section. By the time Friday gets here, I'm ready to go. I got plenty of stuff to teach on Sunday. There's, and plenty of things for us to talk about, plenty of ideas. It's just, it's been in my life all week. I'm ready to go. Um so the, now one of the dangers is, is I have to let them discover what I've discovered too. Yeah, that's good. And I, do, I may not do that. Yeah, you wouldn't refer to, you wouldn't say something um, like, in your in your devotional time this week you're going to, but you will kind of take that experience and build it in the group so that there's some groundwork laid for that discipleship experience in yeah. the following. You week. know, I may say you, you may wonder where I got this idea from. Well, on day three. Of the, of the reading for this next week, that idea comes out of that. Mm. So when you get to day three this week, you'll have the opportunity to think some more on that. In fact, there's a question right here. I'll point to the question, and you've got more time here to think about that than what we've got time on Sunday morning. So I'll do it that way, which drives them to still think, hey, I, I know I want to think about this. Well, maybe I should think about that some more afterwards. So let's look at People who actually come, so okay. the regular attenders. What can we do when actually leading the group time to encourage Bible studies? Well, Such a great question. Well, one of the things that, that I, I see is the way we teach gets in our way. Um, here's what I mean by that. Um, we will learn something. We will come across something, and it really just excites us. And instead of helping them discover how they can discover that too— we just come straight in and tell them this is what it says. And we haven't shown them how they can discover it too. So we're short-circuiting Bible study in that way because we haven't, we haven't even given them a tool to help them do that. Now, they'll be comfortable with that because the expectations are I come and listen to you and you do all the work for me. Um, I view that as an unhealthy codependency in a Bible study group. You're happy to do that as a leader because they'll pat your back. You did a great job today, and it feeds our egos as teachers. So we'll go back and spend how many hours preparing another presentation. And if we do it right, they don't. there's no time for them to ask a question we didn't want to deal with anyway. Okay? So, and then they just come, sit, listen, soak it up. They don't have to do anything else. Our teaching approach gets in the way of them doing any other Bible study. So... One thing we can do is when we're in the group time, we can show them. Now, I discovered that this way and take them through the process that we went through to get to that point. They may come to a different conclusion. That's okay. You're teaching them how to go through the process of Bible study as opposed to telling them, here's this content. God bless you. Check off your box and be on your way. Uh, something else I see, too, is we, when we're teaching, we jump to uh, the application too quick. Um, let me think of an example. Um, I'm, doing, I'm doing some studying right now on Isaiah 6, okay, for me, myself, just doing some stuff with it. Let's suppose I'm teaching a lesson on Isaiah 6, 
And I say to the folks after we've looked at the at the passage, um, how does your experience compare to what we see in Isaiah six? How has God intersected your life? How has He had a you know contact with you? How has He called you into the line of work you do? Well, I'm I'm really subtly saying what we have in Isaiah six is the norm. A better approach would be for me to say, okay, here's what we have in Isaiah six. Now let's look at maybe. Gideon's call in Judges 6 or the call of Jonah in the first chapter of Jonah or maybe Peter's call. I'm not sure which one we would look at for Peter's call. We could look in Matthew 4. We could look in Matthew 16. We could look in John 21. Whatever we want to do, pick one and have them compare what they found in Isaiah with these other calls and ask this question, what are the similarities and what are the differences? What are the norms that we can see? And then when we see the norms, then we can ask the question, how do these norms that we see in these other people's lives compare to the norms that you have uh, and that, that you've experienced when God has been in contact with you directly, where you've understand this is what God wants me to do? Well, that's teaching them a Bible skill. It's teaching them how to interpret Scripture. It's not just here's what this passage sa- says, although that's important. That's a starting place. Here's what Isaiah 6 says. But how does that compare to these other experiences? Until we've compared it to the other experiences, we really don't know what the norm is for us to move into our experience. So by doing that and, and helping them think about those Bible skills in the group time, we're really showing them how to do Bible study. That makes sense? Yeah. Something I see a lot with uh, home groups, especially when you're not really teaching a lesson, is the leader will read a passage of Scripture and then just open it up for how— what does that mean to you? And I think sometimes that can be dangerous. What would, how would you guide a leader who's not teaching but is leading more of a discussion on doing something like that? Well, that is a dangerous question to ask. How does, what does this mean to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that I would ask that question until after I'd gone through some other steps. Um, here's this passage. We've looked at this. We see this one thing that's happened right here. Paul used, me example, Paul used this word here, but notice in these other verses right below it, he's going to use that same word, but he's going to use it other ways. How does that help us understand what Paul's saying here? So there's still some teaching involved. Yeah. Even though you're not teaching a lesson. That's correct. It's teaching them to look at other, you know, to the context sure. of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, part of that, too, is, is knowing some history, or at least you, you got to study Bible. You at least have some information on the bottom of the page to give you some help. Yeah. Um, That's what I love about in my group, we use smallgroup.com and every lesson in smallgroup.com has commentary at the end of mm-hmm. it. And it, it's helpful to me because it gives perspective and it's basically a study Bible at the bottom. I also have a study Bible I refer to, yeah. but there are tools that you can use as a group leader that are out there that can help you in a study Bible is one of them. Smallgroup.com yep. can help you. And I mentioned Explore the Bible earlier, the Daily Discipleship Guide. We yeah. have a Bible skill every week. Uh, and, the, and the teaching plans are included in the resource. That Bible skill is used somewhere in the group time to foster that kind of discipline in their lives. Very important part of that of that resource. But there's also there's the, the scripture passage that we're studying that day is printed, and then there's keywords identified, which really function as a short, to the point commentary. So that gives you another place to say, here's some content that gives us more context into what's going on here. Hmm. 
To Dwayne's point, I know when I was a writer of Bible studies at one time in my life, uh, my rule was 60 to 70 percent of my questions had to be rooted in the text mm-hmm. before you move to self-revelatory questions and even application questions. And, and, and a danger, or let me give another caution there, instead of asking how many times does Paul say this term, like here's this passage, say we're looking at Ephesians I don't know, chapter 2 or 3, where he used mystery three times in the passage. Instead of saying, how many times does Paul use mystery in this passage? Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel when you hear that? Instead, how many times does Paul use mystery? How does he use it each time, and is it different each time? And then look maybe at another text even apart from that and how mystery is used. If you go to Colossians, he uses it Mm -hmm. again. Now, how does he use it here? It's different than he used it here. What does that tell you about mystery here? Is it the same way we understand mystery, or is it another way of understanding mystery? Uh, we understand it as a secret you're trying to find. Maybe this is a, um, a different kind of mystery. It's a mystery to be found, but it's not hidden. Those are two different, very very different kind of things. So that gives you that context to do that kind of stuff. And maybe drop in some cultural information about the church at Colossae mm-hmm. in the one instance. While you're dealing yeah. with, with, with Ephesians, yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I mean, I as a group leader— I understand the getting getting to the application questions because that's when people really start talking. They want to talk about themselves, yeah. and so I have a tendency to look at you know the study ahead of time, and if I'm not careful, I'll skip through what you're talking about just to get to the application because I know that's where the conversation is is going to happen. But but you're right. If you skip through that, then you're just getting people's opinions mm-hmm. on the scripture. And that's not where we, we want to land. But you can still foster discussion if you ask a question that involves them in answering it. Like, here's, here's three ways Paul used mystery. How are these different? You've got to answer that. Instead of you answering it for them, yep. let them, let them, yep. let them answer it. Give them some tools that helps them. You can do that with the, the commentary you have in smallgroup.com or with what you have printed in Explore the Bible or the other resources Lifeway produces. That way they have a tool where they can at least have context to do it, but let them think and process it themselves. So research shows that the indicator of an effective disciple is time and time and Bible engagement. Bible they, engagement, Bible engagement. Reading the Bible, Bible engagement. There's different ways you can say it. So uh, what we're talking about here is ways that you as a leader in a group can foster a greater sense of Bible engagement in your group. So Dwayne, thank you for being with us. Uh, it's always a pleasure. You can follow Dwayne. Twitter at GDwayne. Or you can send me an email. If you have a question, you can send me an email at, at my email here at Lifeway, which is Dwayne, D-W-A-Y-N-E, dot McCrary, M-C-C-R-A-R-Y, at Lifeway.com. Once again, D-W-A-Y-N-E. I know there's so many different ways to spell Dwayne. <laughs> dot McCrary, M-C-C-R-A-R-Y. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find somebody who does. Somebody around this building knows. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't checked out Explore the Bible, then we would encourage you to do that. Thanks for listening to us. We would ask you to go to wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the Group Answer Show and rate us. Chris looks at all of those ratings, right? Uh, at least once an hour, yep. And responds to every, uh, every, every, every 
communication. <laughs> if you put a question, if you put a question in there, I will answer you. I'm still reeling. I got to be honest. I'm still wrestling with that existential moment we had earlier in the show when Dwayne said he was delivering books now. I know there was so much going on in that moment. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just now recovering from that. So thanks for hanging in there with us. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Group Answers Show. Look forward to being with you next week.